Thank you for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues, Sarah Beatty and Jordan Sherman. And you may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity. And when you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not readily recognize, creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD brand. So over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders and reporters in the CBD space. You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started. Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast, episode 64. We're recording on Wednesday, April 20th, 2022, and we are so happy you're joining us for today's exciting conversation. Oh my gosh, today we are joined by Christian Duchateau, row editor from CNN, to talk about what you need to consider if you'd like national coverage for your CBD company, like on an outlet like CBN, CNN, all of these C's. Too many C's today. You know, we're going to talk about how national stories can really build your customer loyalty. Yep. And in our media relations segment, we're also going to discuss what you should think about before pitching a national cable broadcast outlet like CNN. And then finally, we're going to talk about what trends are out there that are going to help you build a resilient CBD brand. We're excited to ask Christian about that and what types of big news stories he prepares to be or he is preparing to cover over the next six months. And remember, you can find all of our conversations with all of our wonderful guests at MoveTheStairs.com. So let's get started. Hi, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us on the Move the Stairs podcast today. You and I go way back. We want to say how far because we were just talking about how old we felt. But anyway, (laughs) um, so would you tell our listeners a bit about you? Because you've held a number of positions through the years at CNN, but now you're the row editor. What does that job entail? Yes. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, great to be here. Uh, Row editor at CNN. I am a member of a group. There are about uh, two dozen of us, editors and researchers, and we are like the editorial police, so to speak, for CNN. We look at scripts and stories and video uh, before we take it to air. So if somebody's filing a story from Ukraine or from the middle of the U.S., uh, and a reporter has a package script, they'll send it into us to evaluate. We'll uh, fact check it for accuracy. We make sure that it's editorially balanced and follows all of CNN's standards and protocols. Um, and that can take anywhere from five minutes to for a, you know, a day of turn uh, for investigative pieces. It's a longer process. It can go on for days, sometimes longer, depending on how in-depth the story is. But uh, it's, it's a great place to be. Um, you know, I started as a producer at CNN 20 years ago, and, and I really like being part of the row now. So it sounds like um, trust is the driver that you're aiming for, at least within your position. And, um, you know, there's a lot of similarities in that when you're talking about TV and CBD brands, too, because we know one of the one of the biggest challenges that they face right now, many CBD companies, because there's so many different options to choose from. Uh, is developing customer loyalty. So that trust is is a pretty good 
um, bridge term there for what you do uh, at CNN and what many companies are trying to do to develop a loyal customer base. So let's cross that bridge together. And, you know, our first question for you is, do you think that having a CBD brand profiled um, in relation to a story that may air on CNN could help a company um, cross that bridge and build further trust with consumers they have now and potentially reach people who um, may not have heard about their brand yet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, trust, as you say, I mean, it's key, you know, for an organization like ours, for a CBD business, your customers, your viewers have to trust you. You know, that's something we strive for. Um, and some of the keys that we apply to in doing that, which I think other businesses could um, also do the same is transparency is key for us. Um, you know, if you're honest with people up front about what you're doing and how you do it, and in, when you present it, you know, um, sh letting people see how you came to a decision or how you arrived at a, a goal helps them understand you and helps build trust. Um, you know, being honest and upfront being accurate, um, it's key to, to establishing that trust. And I also think one thing that um, we try and do, which I think could also apply in the business world, is give people context. When people come into a situation, um, they may not know the backstory. You know, they may not have watched CNN, you know, days or weeks before, so they may be coming to a story for the first time. And if you're a business, when uh, a customer approaches you for the first time, having the context about what your product is, how it serves a customer, um, how it could serve them in the future, how it works in a larger perspective or a larger world, that helps establish trust too. So transparency and context are two um, pillars uh, that I rely on in my job and I think would also help uh, in, in the business world. Like that's such a great point. Um, and I love this, you know, background information. I think it's important for people to understand what goes on um, and what companies have to balance. When you reach out to uh, a company, you know, for, for a story to do a story, what kind of reaction do you get when you're trying to do an informational story? Like, you know, what is this product or how is it made? Or, you know, lots of people are talking about it. People want some information. Do you find um, companies or businesses are willing to talk to you or are they sort of skeptical? I've, I've been lucky. I think in most cases, I find people are pretty willing, especially when you talk to people in the business world or especially when you're dealing one-on-one -on -one with a business owner or somebody who manages their own business. Um, if you approach them in an upfront and honest personal way, you're going to get the same in return. I think, you know, 99% of the time, you know, if you're dealing with a, a huge organization and maybe you have to go at it from you're reaching out to uh, a representative, but you want to speak to somebody further up the chain, it, that adds complication. That's a different situation um, and, you know, governmental organizations, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Um, but I think when you give respect to people, when you approach them in a respectful way and you're honest about what you're aiming to do, um, people will give you that same uh, uh, kind of respect in return. You know, I never try and misrepresent myself when we're approaching somebody about a story, even if it's on a tough topic 
or something, um, you know, that's in the news that may have some, you know, positive and or negative connotations with it. But if you're if you're upfront and honest with people about your intentions, I've always had a real um, receptive uh, uh, return when I've when I've dealt people in that regard. I think that's so important because I think it's an opportunity. With that's what we train uh, the companies we work with all the time. That you know, when the media reach out, it's an opportunity, even if it is that difficult story. Um, and I think that that's because going back to your first um, discussion about context, that's where you have the opportunity to do that, to put the stories in context, and to show that you're a responsible industry leader. I think the other thing that I want to ask you though is, you've interviewed thousands of companies, I'm sure over the years, some of them probably have come off pretty well and some of them, maybe not so well. What do you think are the keys, uh, to a company preparing so that they do come off well when they're in the midst of an interview? Well, I, I think being a news consumer helps. And, um, you know, I think if somebody is doing an interview, you want to be as well prepared in advance about uh, before you give the interview and not just about your own topic. If you are an expert on CBD or you're a business owner, uh, a CBD business owner, it's it's important to not just know your own topic, but kind of understand who are, who is interviewing me? How is this going to be used? Is this a print interview? Is it a radio interview? Is it a TV interview? Is it for the web? Uh, is this for what we call a reporter package, which, you know, would be like a two to three minute report? Or is this a live interview that will then be edited and just uh, placed online? Having some of that understanding before you you speak helps because um, if we're doing an interview, we may, in all likelihood, it'll get edited down. And so we'll just take the best pieces of the interview. And you can always find a good, uh, you know, quick segment or a quick line or two from interviews. Um, but if you know what you're expected to do ahead of time, am I expected to give a quick one or two sentence response? Or is this more of a, you know, longer conversation where we're going to be speaking back and forth? You can kind of um, not rehearse, but at least have an idea of what's what kind of answers you should give. And just knowing that kind of um, context, that timing will help you. And it'll in turn help the journalist who's interviewing you in finding the best pieces of the interview that will then be used as part of their story. I think that's a great point um, that you mentioned, Christian, because you don't want to rehearse. If you rehearse, your, your answers to questions are just going to sound like they're rehearsed. They're not going to be genuine. And I think in, you know, just as a quick follow-up, do you think that that would hurt a brand to, to come off as, um, you know, answering questions that may sound rehearsed as opposed to being more genuine? Yeah, you, that's the, you've used the key word there, which is genuine. I mean, what we're looking for, what any journalist is really looking for are, are people who are, um, you know, appear to, or are, when they appear on camera, come across as authentic as real people, genuine is is a key word there. You don't want somebody who sounds like I've got this prepared soundbite and I'm just going to read it for you um, uh, in answer to a question. I mean, 
politicians can do that and get away with it. And sometimes, you know, they're very good at it, but people can see that. And I think uh, when you're watching a news report or, or reading so, uh, an interview, you can tell when somebody is giving an honest, straightforward answer, as opposed to when somebody is rehearsed and or too polished. Um, so, yeah, I think, like you say, you don't want to rehearse it. You just want to, um, you know, be well prepared and be flexible, be conversational above all, and be yourself when you're when you're being interviewed. That will all come across uh, on camera, if so. One of the things that um, you know we're really proud of at MNC is all of our journalistic background. And I know you and Diane um, know each other, and Sarah has worked in news for a number of years. Uh, I did as well, and we use that collective experience um, to really help our clients take advantage of every media opportunity um, that comes their way, and we help them position themselves, you know, through the media as being an industry leader. And we know that doesn't happen overnight, so. Can you tell our listeners, you know, what what does CNN look for when they're researching companies and they're looking for somebody to, um, you know, give an interview on an important industry topic? And, you know, we very well may see this later this year with FDA regulations. So what are you looking for now um, as you're lining up potential interviews later? Well, you know, past experience or this isn't laziness. <laughs> I wouldn't call it laziness, but I will say journalists go back to what's worked before. Mm -hmm. And if there's been, if there have been stories done in the past on a topic, um, we will go back and say, who's been, who's an expert on this? Who have we heard from before? We might look through past stories. Um, you might look through past contacts. If it's a new topic or you're looking for a new person or a new expert, we might contact or we might consult some of our experts in-house. Uh, if it's a health-related topic, I'll go to the medical team and see who they know. Um, if it's you know political, I'll talk to my contacts in D.C. and see who they know. We look for people who are have been interviewed in the media or might have um, done some sort of uh, uh, related work to a topic in the past that might have been part of a, a past story. But I mean, it can also be as easy as, you know, let's look on the web, let's Google this topic, let's see what we can find. Here are a bunch of websites with a bunch of people who among these people look like somebody we, we would want to interview, who appears to be professional, who's got experience. Um, so we can look online, we can look through past editorial, we can look at who are our competitors talking to. Um, those are all things that we take into account when we're looking for experts on a topic. And Jordan mentioned this just a moment ago. We <clears throat> were expecting, you know, FDA ruling any minute, by which I mean it could be any year now. Um, <laughs> you know, so so we know that there's a big change coming down the pike or a big decision coming down the pike. What is the best idea? Uh, advice that you can give a business owner who knows there is a big story looming out there and they might have the perfect situation to illustrate that story or that point. Um, do they, how do they reach out to you? How do they reach out now knowing that that might be in the fall? Do they reach out as it happens? Do you know what I mean? Like give some context yeah, yeah. for how, how somebody might 
help help you illustrate that story? Yeah, I, I my advice would be get ahead of the story. You know, if you know there is a big decision, a big FDA decision coming, um, reach out now or you know early and try and establish some contacts. And it can be as simple as um, you know just emailing different people, you know, throwing out the uh, the, the line and seeing who, who you can make contact with. Who can I establish? And not even like I need to talk to this reporter so that I can line up uh, a story to be done in the future, but who at this organization can I make contact with and just let them know, hey, this is a story that I you know, know something about. And if you're group is looking to do a story on the future, consider me as a resource. Keep me in your Rolodex. You could reach out to somebody within an organization, or if you do have uh, the means or the contacts, you know, speak to the journalist and say, I know you're busy right now, or I know that this story is, is not in the headlines this minute, but it will be later in the year. And when it does, keep me in mind. And and then you can kind of establish a relationship because having, uh, you know, most journalists have like a, a some sort of Rolodex or contacts that they will go back to. And um, it may be that your story or a story on your topic may not be relevant right now, but when that FDA decision comes or whatever the topic might be, journalists will then be looking to turn a story yesterday, you know, and it'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, my assignment editor gave me this topic. I need to turn a story for tonight's 10 o'clock news. How do I get this done quickly? If you have that relationship established, that is, you know, 75% of the struggle right there. You know, they know, oh, I've, I know this person, I've spoken with them before. This is something I can go to them and, and get something set up quickly. And one more just uh, thought on that topic is if it's for television, you know, think about the visuals because we're pitched or, you know, networks and TV stations are pitched ideas all the time. But the thing TV always has to think about it is how am I going to show this visually? And if you include as part of your pitch or as you make contact with uh, somebody in the TV business, let them know that you have uh, something that would be visual that would work in a TV story. I work at a business that sells CBD. You know, you can come to my business, you can record, you know, we have a location that's near your station or, you know, we're busy with customers on, on these days. You can come in and shoot video for a story. You could even say, you know, on a slow day, come and shoot something with us and you'll have that B-roll ready for when this story breaks. So think about the visuals to some degree, because the TV people, that's what they're always thinking about when they're getting their stories together. Isn't that the truth? And uh, how many <laughs> times have we said, oh my gosh, what are the pictures that are going to go with the story? But the other thing I want to know is what's the biggest mistake that business owners make when they're being interviewed? And 
have you ever had to leave an interview on that, you know, proverbial cutting room floor? Just, <laughs> I have to go back because you said Rolodex and I just love you for that because you and I know what I a was Rolodex say, is and maybe a lot of people out there don't, for but Jordan, Jordan yeah. Rolodex <laughs> yeah. was a card thing where you put just, I had to throw number. that in there because I was like, yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so it's the same as leaving the video on the cutting room floor. We don't do yeah. that anymore either. But um, one of the things that business owners should be aware of so that they don't mess up the interview in such a way that, you know, it's not even usable. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I would refer back to just what we were discussing earlier, which is you don't want to be too rehearsed or you don't want to be too stiff. You know, if you're interviewing somebody and, and they're uncomfortable or they're giving you rehearsed answers or like, you know, they're just not, they're trying to be, not be themselves. And I I'm talking on TV. So I have to use my TV voice. Now I have to, uh, I have to put on a different persona. No, that doesn't work. Just be yourself, be conversational. Um, you know, don't give, uh, rehearsed, uh, answers, but also don't give me five to 10 minutes in answer to one question. You know, most people, if you were having a conversation with somebody, you think about it in the same terms, you know, if somebody asks you for an answer to a question, you'll give them a few sentences. You might speak for 30 seconds, but um, I, I guess it's, it's easier to say than to do if you haven't done it, but being conversational is key to television. So when I say, if you're doing an interview, just think about like you and I are just talking, you know, directly to one another, the camera's just listening in or watching in. It's not, you're not speaking to the camera you're not doing anything different than you would normally. Um, and I will say I've been lucky in that the interviews I've done, I don't think I've ever had to leave anybody completely on the cutting room floor, figuratively speaking, but there are some interviews where you get back to the station or the network and you're looking through the tape and you're like, oh my gosh, there's not a whole lot we can use here. I can salvage something, but you know you have to do it creatively. If you can be conversational, be relaxed, be yourself, you might see more of yourself in a finished story. Um, that's one way to to be a bigger part of a story than letting most of your interview wind up, you know, in the editing editing room floor. That is fantastic advice. Got to be yourself, right? Um, <laughs> Next week, uh, our next episode of the Move the Stairs podcast, Diane, I'm so excited you lined up this interview. We're going to be speaking with Maddie Mead of Hepitecture, and they specialize in hemp-based building materials. And if you followed any of our social media accounts, uh, we've been watching what analysts are saying about hemp and the building industry. So we're really excited for this conversation. Well, and we're going to move on now to the third um, component of building brand protection, which is creating a resilient CBD brand. Um, and we know that CBD business owners are constantly on the lookout for ways to strengthen their business, weather threats, um, and really protect their bottom line. Uh, and we've mentioned it a couple of times. It's like finding the opportunity in every challenge, you know, lemon lemonade out of lemons. Um, and that's what we mean by building a resilient CBD brand. Um, but Diane, why don't you start us off here? Absolutely. Christian, I'm interested, when does a story really rise to the level 
that a company should consider reaching out to CNN. I, I, I remember we used to say that, um, does this story hit the bar? And your bar is much higher than a local news bar would be. So what's that bar? How do people know when it's it's really the one which this this makes sense to, to reach out? Yeah, that's true. I mean, how does a story hit the bar? I mean, I think that if you are seeing your topic talked about, uh, and I'm speaking from a national perspective, but if 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 your business or a topic related to your business, if you get up and you turn on the morning news, the Today Show, or Good Morning America, or New Day on CNN, and you hear it discussed there, that's the bar. If it's already in the news, then it's a major topic. Um, if you are hearing about it um, online, if your if your friends are talking about it, if you're seeing traffic about it on your Facebook page, um, and it may be, hey, you know, your friend's saying, I've been hearing about CBD. Um, I'm, it's probably not the best example. The question might be more uh, nuanced than that, but. If you're seeing a lot of traffic on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, things of that sort, that's a good indicator that it's bubbling and it may, things tend to jump from social media to the news pretty easily. Um, another thing you might think about is there are all sorts of major stories that play out on national news that may be related, maybe not directly you know, maybe CBD isn't the headline, but maybe the headline is people have a lot of anxiety about going out um, again now that the pandemic has eased. I'm going back to work or I'm I'm traveling again or, you know, I've been in my, locked up in my home, you know, for almost two years now. You know, I have some anxiety about just going out in public again. You know, there's a CBD related element to that, you know, in terms of relaxation and anxiety and things like that. So I would say, think about not just does this story hit the bar, but is there a related subtalk, subtopic or sidebar that is part of the main story? And that might be a way, a way into a story that's making news nationally. Christian, I think you you touched on this a little bit here um, in your last answer about, you know, um, coverage trends that you're seeing when you're talking about um, COVID-19 and people, you know, being locked up in their house for the last two years. But are there any applicable news coverage trends um, that, that CBD might be able to um, hop on board to outside of the, the pandemic related um, aspect of that? And if not, or even if so, um, my, my second question here is, are there any specific stories that you're following right now that would pertain to CBD, hemp, or medical marijuana? Yeah, um, there are a couple of topics where I think, you know, in the Venn diagram of news, there's definite overlap. And one of them is the economy. I mean, the economy is, you know, rooted in most of the stories we're covering right now, you know, we're talking about inflation and interest rates and people finding jobs and going back to work. You know, the economy also plays, will play a big part in the election that's happening later this year. And of course, national news and cable news will be covering that, you know, 24-7 once things really get rolling. But I happen, you know, just in 
preparing before our interview, uh, and actually this came up yesterday in work, is that there was a new Pew Research poll that came out that cited just how many people are in favor of uh, medical marijuana and recreational use of marijuana. And I was surprised. I mean, I think the reason we did the story was the um, the percentage of people who support it is, you know, far and above where I would have guessed it is, which I think it was around 60% favored uh, medical marijuana use and recreational use. And I think 90% of the Pew poll favored one or the other. You know, if you combine both groups, less than 10% of the people polled uh, in this survey were against it. That's going to get coverage, a poll with numbers that high. That kind of support is going to um, uh, create spinoff stories. And you can bet that lawmakers in Washington are looking at that. And, you know, we've been waiting or hearing from people like Chuck Schumer in the Senate and others in Congress saying um, the Democrats are preparing legislation that's going to, um, you know, ease the rules or, or maybe, um, you know, make medical marijuana use okay or uh, approved on a federal level. Those are things to keep an eye on because that is going to be huge when it happens. And I, I think that there will be a lot of talk leading uh, up to the election about that because Democrats don't have a lot of positive news right now. They need, they're, they're looking for something that a lot of people in this country will get behind. And that is one topic uh, to keep an eye on. Um, so I would point to those two things as well as the fact that we're post pandemic or more or less post pandemic now. Um, and all of the health topics that feed into that, you know, I mean, we were talking about anxiety, but another one, and I mean, this is a personal one, you know, for my family, not me personally, but within my family is just sleep. You know, how do you get to sleep? How do you deal with insomnia? That's another one where, you know, CBD plays a direct role. Uh, and that's something uh, businesses and people who are in the CBD world would be interested in, something that news uh, news organizations will be covering. So I think all of those things, those are the three big ones. I would give you the health, the, the, the uh, post-pandemic the election and the economy. I hope everybody listening has a pencil and paper <laughs> or putting it on their iPhone, uh, you know, taking. <laughs> um, Christian, so one last question here, and here's the, you know, this is the doozy. If I am a business owner and I have a story that I think hits that bar, you know, hits one of those topics or, or an, another emerging topic, what is the best way to pitch that story to make sure that, you know, and to make sure in that interview that I am positioning myself and my business as a thought leader, someone who um, is worthy of ending up in your Rolodex or in your contacts um, that you would reach out to again and again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would go back to the, you know, reaching out early, you know, try and make a personal connection with somebody at a news organization where you are thinking about or would like to see coverage. And it can start with an email. Um, an email is probably better than a phone call or, um, you know, it could start with reaching out over uh, social media, something like LinkedIn or even Facebook, but um, making a personal connection 
and finding the right person to to connect with. I get a lot of pitches where it says, you know, dear producer or, you know, dear CNN editor, would you consider coverage on such and such? You know, if it's if it's not somebody I know and it's addressed rather generically, then I don't really pay attention to it. But if it's somebody who makes, uh, you know, a well thought out, well explained uh, contact and even if it's somebody I don't know, if they reach out to me or a colleague, uh, I've heard other colleagues tell me the same thing. They might reach out on something like LinkedIn and say, hey, not just sending a, like a, hey, let's connect, because uh, that's almost like a generic email. But, hey, I'm my name is, you know, S- Samantha yeah. Smith, and I represent this business. And, you know, I know that my topic uh, or my business relates to a topic that's in the news now or will be in the near future. And I would like to, you know, become part of your Rolodex. I mean, maybe you don't use those exact words, but I'd like to make a, <laughs> I'd like to make a connection with you for future coverage. I think we could both benefit. You know, I know you may be looking for an expert on this topic and, you know, news coverage would definitely benefit me. So, um, you know, be honest and upfront. Um, be personal. I mean, I, I sound a little bit repetitive, but I think, you know, being transparent, being forthcoming and, you know, it's, you know, if, if it's a, uh, beneficially, uh, mutual, if it's mutually beneficial for the two of you, mm-hmm. you know, then go ahead and say so. And I think journalists appreciate that honesty. Mm-hmm. Well, you bring up the point that we, and actually I'm kind of glad that you're repetitive because, that's a point that we talk about over and over and over again is authenticity and um, making that authentic connection so that you're being really clear about who, who you are, who mm-hmm. you represent, what you can offer, um, and doing it in an, in, a authentically, in an authentic way, in a respectful way, right? Absolutely. So that- you know, that, that this becomes a working relationship, ideally a working relationship, um, you know, moving forward. So I'm really glad that you brought that point home because, um, this isn't a, a, you know, a kind of a one hit wonder. Ideally it shouldn't be a one hit wonder. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal is that, um, you know, you, you establish a relationship and not something that it's one and done, you know, I'm sending you this email hopefully we do a story and then we never talk again. No, you know, you know, we do stories, uh, you know, again and again and again, you know, and it can be something that you can come back to and it may be weeks, months, even years later or a year later, you know, but um, the stories CNN or news networks tend to cover don't change dramatically. I mean, there are new topics that come up, but, you know, helping people with their health or talking about the economy or politics, those are, you know, tried and true topics that we're going to cover day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. And I'm going to say thank you on behalf of Diane. She was sharing earlier that she has uh, internet challenges today. And so she popped out, I know, before... Um, before she wanted to, but uh, we are so grateful for your expertise today, for your um, background and for 
um, sharing some of these ideas with us. And I, it's, I think, so, so helpful for um, our listeners, our viewers to understand what that bar might be, you know, how, right. how do, because they see businesses, what appear to be local businesses interviewed on CNN on this national platform. And they think, well, gosh, you know, how do I do that? So this has been really, really helpful to give people that perspective and that background um, so that they can understand how that happens. Oh, I'm happy if I was of any help at all. <laughs> <laughs> You've been wonderful help. So thank you so much, Christian Duchateau um, of CNN. We really appreciate your time today. You bet. Happy to do it. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Well, gosh, Jordan, so much information in this one. My goodness. I know my notepad is full. Um, I was going to say, I feel like you're scribbling <laughs> away back there. And I know I say this for every interview, but, um, you know, Christian, it, it, I'm going to have a really difficult time picking and choosing um, which sound bites here to use. And I, honestly, I may have to pick like four or five or six or 12. Because <laughs> yeah, there's so be, many great Usually points. we do three, but this one might be, you know, a two for a three for per, per point, right? Yeah, it, as, a, as we drop this into the blog. Um, and I want to start with, you know, we, we talk about how CBD brands can develop um, customer loyalty. And I, I think one of the things that Christian did a really great job in framing this as if you're going to approach CNN or any other national news outlet or heck, even your local news, mm -hmm. um, and you want to come off as somebody who is genuine and trustworthy for your brand, do your homework. Um, he said specifically, be a news consumer. So it's not just popping yep. on the news and saying, hi, here's who I am. This is what I do. And, you know, uh, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, research who you're going to be talking to. And this is something we do on behalf of our clients too. And they get the phone call from a reporter that says, hey, we're going to put you on the nightly news. Um, figure out who you're going to talk to. Figure out what they need from you so that you can give that to them, um, you know, while doing your due diligence for, for your brand. I, I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. Well, and because Christian, it, well, you know, we're all journalists. So that was right. such a cool thing to have a, you know, current um, conversation about journalism. But, um, you know, that that insider media relations that we specialize in based on on our journalist uh, experience, again, and I come back to this all the time, but authenticity and um you know, really, truly building an actual relationship so that your goal is not just, hey, I got to get on CNN, but, right. you know, like, how can I be authentic, have the right information, um, be respectful, be useful to someone? How can I be that kind of contact that uh, earns me a spot in the Rolodex, in the contacts, in the whatever, so that I'm that phone call that that a journalist is making three months later, six months later, a year later, when the law changes, whatever, they go, you know what, man, I talked to somebody who was so useful and they weren't trying to sell me on a product, but they were, um, they gave me this context for the industry and context to help my viewers understand this story. They were great. Um, you know, man, that's somebody I'm going to go back to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Christian's fictitious person for that was Samantha Smith, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. So if he's seeing an email from Samantha Smith that says, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. 
um, here's why I may be able to help you um, for future news coverage. Um, that's going to help you build your brand's resiliency by elevating yourself as a thought leader. And I thought that was brilliant for Christian to be so forthcoming about the primary topics that um, are important right now. And I love the description he used, Venn diagram. You know, what mm -hmm, is the Venn diagram mm -hmm. between hemp, CBD, um, and or medical marijuana and news right now? And he listed those off talking about um, the the. Uh, air quotes, post-pandemic era, because we're obviously still considered in the pandemic, but the post-pandemic era, um, talking about the economy and potential um, legislative challenge or uh, changes that may mm -hmm. be coming at the federal level. So I, I thought that was brilliant. Just all, all in all, wonderful conversation. Yeah. Well, we are so grateful to our special guest today, Christian Duchateau from CNN, um, for joining us on the Move the Stairs podcast. We thank you for listening and watching. And uh, we've got so much more to come. So we hope you join us next time uh, in a couple of weeks for our next all new episode of Move the Stairs. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase Move the Stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over and bolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.